Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It is so great to be here with you. I am very, very excited to have our guest today, who is Ari Moshe Wolf. He is an evolutionary astrologer and so much more. I mean, it's hard to like put little qualifiers around the astrology that you practice, Ari, but I am so happy to have you here. You are definitely an astrology hub favorite. But this is your first time on the weekly weather. You've been an inner circle guide with us. You have been on the podcast several times, but this is your first weekly weather debut. So welcome to the weekly weather. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into the theme. I know last week, a lot of what we covered was with Nadia, which was also so much fun, was about Jupiter and Aries. So we went really deep in that Jupiter moving into Aries and also Mercury retrograde. Um, so what would you say is the major theme for this week and what should we be paying attention to? <clears throat> Integrating the eclipse. <laughs> okay. Like, All right. The, the, the potency of that. And I think the the, the main theme is really what's happening with Mars. Okay. So what's happening with Mars? Like, tell us a little bit more about that before we go into like Absolutely. each of the specific transits. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So just, just at the heels of following the eclipse, we have Mars moving into a conjunction with Neptune. And then with, for the rest of this week, staying pretty close to Neptune, just a couple of degrees or so. This is significant for a couple of reasons. One, this Mars-Neptune very, very tightly trines this eclipse, trines and sextiles. It's sextile to Pluto, which is the uh, ruler of the South Node right now. And also Mars is a ruler of Aries and Jupiter just moved into Aries. So it really speaks to, there's a very particularly strong emphasis on what's going on with that Mars. Anything that involves Neptune is always going to speak to where right now we are in relationship to the truth and where we are in relationship to the truth will always bring up where we're trying to make something that's unreal to be real mm. so there, there is often a lot of confusion um, a lot of suffering with strong neptunian trends and this is this is a very strong neptunian week and this eclipse also a very strong Neptunian because of how tightly it's aspecting Neptune. And this maybe isn't given adequate attention because there's a lot of Uranian energy going on right now, which is very true. But when Neptune is so emphasized, there is a focus here on one essential thing, which is the truth is true. And it's not conflicted. It's not complicated. It's not ambiguous. However, all of the judgments and the constructs and the conditions that we're holding that we're affirming and asserting have to be so make the truth feel like this very complicated thing and i think one theme that can really emerge this week is the seeming duality between following the will of of life like what spirit would have us the idea of serenity versus sacrifice and so you know sacrifice and loss 
where it can feel like this following is either this beautiful sense of trusting and letting go and allowing and everything works out according to a greater plan. And we can feel the peace that comes in that, or we can associate the idea of following and listening to some idea of, I have to let go. I have to sacrifice. I have to lose something. Um, so I'll drop more into these particular qualities as we, as we speak to this movement with Mars and Neptune and all the importance that I see with that as we go along. Yeah. I I'd love to hear some examples of, of how that might be showing up for people. I think that would really make it come to life. But what I'm hearing from you is that it's, there's a little bit of a reality check that, that might, that might be required or for us to consider where we really want something to be true. Like where we really, we will it, we wish it, we want it, but it's actually not. And so when I say reality check, it's like just that acceptance of like, oh, okay, here is where we actually are. And can I surrender to the truth of where this actually is versus wishing it was something different? Yes, absolutely. So let's, yeah, let's delve into this now. Let me just state maybe the days of these transits so that it feels yes. a little grounded and then we can drop into the energy. So um, as soon as over here on the West Coast, looks like, you know, Tuesday night, the 17th, for many people of Wednesday, the 18th is when Mars and Neptune join. Um, and again, like for the rest of this week, they're going to be within two, two and a half degrees. And what's interesting too is once Mars passes Neptune, um, by the end of this week, Mars will be approaching the midpoint between Neptune and Jupiter. So it's yeah. very useful to think of what's happening with Mars in context to where it's going as well. Okay. I was listening to this talk by this guy who used to be a comedian. His name is not in my mind right now, but he sort of got turned on to spirituality. And he said this really beautiful thing for, for, for as much of his life, he was willing to, you know, become famous or make more money or do the next thing or, you know, the next big gig. And he came to this realization that we, we all have in, in different ways, which is there's really no end to it. Mm. Um, we can, we can create these goals and these ambitions uh, for what we want to accomplish and the great things we want to do or the money we want to earn. But we actually realize it doesn't do anything for us. There's then the next obstacle or the next big goal. And the teaching that we're all waiting to realize is that the only thing that really will bring us fulfillment is our living in the present moment and our internal sense of enoughness, our internal sense of I'm, I'm good, who I am, where I am with what I have, with whom I'm with, with what I'm, which then itself speaks to an underlying trust. And what this man was speaking to Kyle Cease, I'm not sure if I'm saying the last name, right? This, that's his name he was speaking to, instead of asserting uh, our will and our ambitions, we're all finding more peace. We ultimately learn to find much more peace and asking now and asking life and asking reality, what do you want me to do? What would you have me do? And this is where it gets very confusing because to truly begin to think of ourselves and our life and our life direction from the point of view of we are being guided according to a, a will greater than our own making that knows more than us, that holds it all together in this ineffably beautiful way. To, to truly conceive of that often 
leads us to think we have to lose something or let go of something or suffer. Like there's a, a subtle introduction of sacrifice and loss and um, I can't get what that I can't get what I want. Right. And that's not the correct attitude. So with Mars Neptune, and this is particularly strong, like right now, as they're about to come into a conjunction, we can really feel it's almost like the tension or the pressure of there being um, a sense of something wants to give, something wants to open up. I need to make new choices. And yet I'm, I'm bound by the sense of limitation, obstacles. If you think of Neptune as all that is, and Mars as like the free will and the agency needed to make choices, there can be a feeling that is like on a deep existential level, reality isn't allowing me to be me. Like reality isn't allowing me to have the freedom to do it. I'm just stuck. And so we, we need to bring forgiveness into this. And when we bring forgiveness into this, we're willing to acknowledge that we just don't know enough. We're willing to acknowledge as much as we've learned, as strong of a vision we think we have, as hard as we've tried to make things work the certain way that we think we've done, or as much as we've sacrificed to be where we are, we don't understand. We don't grasp the full scope of things. So the forgiveness is forgiving our ideas, our beliefs, our convictions that would otherwise keep us in a defensive stance that believes either one, I need to will myself through all experiences. I want it to go this way. You know, this is my dream for happiness and success and peace. Beautiful, has to happen this way. No, like to forgive ourselves and realize our relationship to the present moment is all we need to practice. And I'm constantly, constantly learning. Like last, this morning I woke up just thinking about several things I did and said yesterday that didn't feel good. And I didn't realize they didn't feel good until I woke up and they were just like in the spaciousness of waking up realizing, oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't like that. <laughs> and, and the realization was, oh, I was rushing into action. Mm. I didn't really take the time to come back to quiet and, and, quiet and listening and a, re a remembering and a returning, which is not a concept. It's like the actual doing of it is a direct experience where we actually come back, not just telling ourselves to come back. You led a little meditation before we started to bring us into the moment. And the thought I had is like, oh, that's how you do it, right? Not just like closing your eyes and telling yourself, okay, God, I surrender to your will. Like really remembering that this is an actual thing, actually a way to live. It's an actual way to be where we can meet as a practice. The, the challenges or the decisions, the questions in our life, which is Neptune, Mars, like, where am I going? Feeling stuck or like there's no direction, there's no clarity or like we don't have enough strength, like meeting those very places, we have the opportunity, in fact, the right to meet that as the very opportunity, the very moment to not stray from the divine, not stray from now, not stray from the source of all things, but to actually bring that to the source. And it's the temptation for most of us in those moments is to feel lost or distract ourselves. What do we do when we feel that we don't have the permission or the space or the freedom to do what we want to do? We'll give up. Like, oh, I'll just, fine, I'll do whatever, or 
or we'll just rush and do things. Like we don't end up moving and living with this sense of certainty and peace. So meeting these moments, we're really willing to slow down and remind ourselves it's possible to live in relationship to guidance in every moment and every experience. And one of the biggest teachings in A Course in Miracles that I just so appreciate is, is this one idea that emphasizes we seem to believe that certain problems are worthwhile to just keep secret and ignore and live with this stressful relationship or this obstacle or this confusing thing. And other things we can turn to God for, we can turn to spirit, we can ask for healing, we can ask for clarity and correction. And other things, we just accept it. And we, we, we become entrained to live in a way where we just compartmentalize these feelings of helplessness and expect that's what life is. And in, in compartmentalizing it, we have to appreciate like, what that really means. Like we compartmentalize it, we create a, a space for it in our minds that justifies its reality as reality. Like this is just how it is. Like so many people speak about spirituality as being like to surrender to God is like, like, yeah, sometimes you don't get what you want. It's like, well, that's not the best person. Because yes, sometimes we don't get what we're demanding, what the ego is wanting. But like, we don't, that's not the final step. Beyond that, not getting what we want is a true humility to acknowledge, maybe I don't really know what I need. Maybe what I want or the trajectory or the pathway there is just not what I, what I think is, is not really the best way. Maybe I'm just missing it all. Like maybe I have a little picture of it, but I'm not seeing it all. And so there's deep healing for us to recognize in these very places where we're called into action, into movement, forgiveness, which really means coming back to a realignment with the truth, not with our own thinking in regards to any specific circumstance or relationship, as far off as we seem, as much Mars, as much war we have raged, as much battling, as much strife and tension we have just had, right? Especially with the incredible portal of this eclipse energy, which in my view, is bringing up a lot of deeper unconscious psychological content, squaring that Saturn very, very tightly, which by the way, this is a great time to review that Saturn podcast we did on Saturn squaring the nodes because this eclipse time is really emphasizing that. It's like what's playing out right now is really speaking to this essential restructuring and Saturn in Aquarius is pointing us to, there's a level self-responsibility to live in, in an authentic way, in the way that is reflective of our individuality, to create something new that we haven't seen that is possible right now, but we have to meet all of the places where we feel suppressed, where we feel stuck, where we feel entangled, where we're having issues with trust, with opening up, with letting go. Like these are the things that are coming up very strongly right now. So if we're coming from a war zone, this Mars Neptune says, like, even now we're bloody, we're exhausted, whatever is going on, there's no moment that doesn't deserve our choice to forgive. There's no experience, there's no battle after which we don't have the total right to come back to start over again. And so meeting where that seems like loss and sacrifice and I can't get it my way, it's just an, a deeper invitation to acknowledge maybe I don't understand enough about where I'm going. Maybe I don't understand, heck, if we're not feeling peaceful, maybe that's enough for us to appreciate. I must not understand it all. So. Oh, 
There is so much there, Ari. This feels entirely relevant. I don't know about all of you, but this is feeling so relevant to me right now. That's Isn't that the beauty of astrology? It's like, wow, wow. it's like you have a magic window into our souls. Um, but I, I, can I give a couple examples? Of course, and, yeah. Thanks. Okay, so many of you have heard me talk about the book that I was writing prior to COVID. It's 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 an astrology hub offering that essentially is bringing together many of the highlights of the incredible interviews that I've had the pleasure of doing over the last seven years. So I I was in this publish your purpose group because I've never written a book. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll like take a class and I'll learn how to do this. And so every Wednesday was my writing day. And I was doing this for, I don't know, about a year. And then COVID happened and we were in quarantine and I had children full-time and I was facilitating zoom school and all these things. And so my Wednesday writing day, which I was loving just was gone. And I felt so disappointed about this. Like, oh, like I was making so much progress. Like I was, I was, there was a momentum and like this just like screeching halt. So I put it on the shelf and just said, okay, it's not meant to happen right now. Recently, there has been this reinvigoration of the energy around it. And we're going to bring it back as a project that we're going to work on. And now I feel renewed energy instead of trying to do it alone. I'm working with more members of my team to get it done. And I'm realizing that where we are as an, as a, as an organization, we're in a much better position to actually bring this to life in a very new way than I ever imagined before. So I am having these moments of marveling and like, wow, I was so disappointed then that I had to put this on the shelf and it felt like a sacrifice, right? It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this sucks, you know, but this is what's happening and I just need to go with it. But now I'm looking at the beauty of the divine timing. I'm like, God, it's a much better time. I had it in my head. I'm going to have this published in 2020. Like this needs to be published in 2020. I don't even know why. It was just like some arbitrary, this needs to be published in 2020. And then all that just blew up. And now I'm just like, wow, the divine time, the divine intelligence behind that getting put on the shelf and us being able to bring this out. I don't, I'm not even going to tell you when it's going to happen because I don't know, but just the, the trusting of that process and the reminder that I don't know, I don't always know. I have my little plans. I have my ideas. It's great that I'm meeting those with energy, but I don't really know. So I think what I'm hearing as you're speaking is that this is what we're being reminded of that there are these things that we think we want, that we think we need, especially many of us just did our treasure maps for the Aries new moon. So there's this like level of attachment behind some of the things we were visioning. And it's not that we have to let them go. Like, this is what I'm hearing you say. It's not that we have to let them go. It's just that we have to trust in the process, trust in the timing, trust in the way that it'll come through. It might be totally different than what we think. One more thing, as I'm reorienting myself with the book, I have this interview with Thomas More, the uh, the man who wrote, uh, God, so many books about the soul. Like Yeah, yeah the Untethered Soul, right? The untethered Soul, yes. Oh, so many books. I can't remember the book names right now. But this interview with him is just gold. I mean, it is, there are so many things he says in there where I'm like, I can't wait to share this with all of you. But one of the things he does is define the difference between desire Mm. and craving. Mm. And he, he argues that the, the Buddhist idea of desire being like the source of our suffering, it's actually craving. 
And that desire is something very divinely orchestrated and that the true desires of your soul are not the things that are going to bring you suffering, but that craving those like, you know, momentary things that we just, I need to have this. And like you said, it's, it's, it's insatiable. You know, there's never enough. We're never going to like reach the end of that craving, but desire is, you know, desidere of the stars. Like that is actually something within us. But then what I heard you say again, is that there's this trusting of the process. The last thing I'll say in this piece, looking at the treasure map, my partner, my love, you know, I went through the whole treasure map process. And then he reminded me, he said, you know, the thing to remember is that we will be no happier when we, when you, when we get there, like there is, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no like, oh, when we have this, we'll be happier. Oh, then we'll finally have arrived. It's like, you never get there. And so enjoy and appreciate and be happy for where you're at in the process of creation, because creating is also fun and joyful, right? Like we love doing it. And there's this gratitude for where we're at right now as well. That's so important to remember to just continually tap into and remember that even that treasure map, I look at those things that I have on my treasure map. I'm like, Ooh, yay. That'd be so fun. And it's not going to make me any happier. It's not going to, it's not going to be like this place of arrival. And that's just like a constant reminder I'm doing to myself. You know, that's such a wonderful point. I mean, we get, we get confused and we think that it's the fulfillment of our desires that will bring us a sense of fulfillment, but it's actually being in alignment with our nature. That's the fulfillment. So, you know, having, there's a beautiful Jeffrey Wolf Green quote, which is every desire a soul has that is relevant to their ongoing evolutionary needs is bound to manifest. Mm. We couldn't authentically desire something that isn't, that, that isn't going to manifest. Right. And that, that differentiates then between what you're speaking to as desire versus craving, we can direct our craving towards all kinds of things. And the moment we introduce, uh, I need this, that's not truth. There's no truth in that. Because any desire that actually takes us away from the moment is is stating something that isn't true about ourselves. It says, I'm not whole now. It means my wholeness and happiness can't be fulfilled right now, which is just not true. It's not who we are. So it's a contradiction to reality and it, it'll it'll never get us there and we'll never find fulfillment. And that's like the big cosmic haha around all of this stuff. It's like surrendering to the path itself. It's not about letting go of what we want. It's about realizing that what we want, there's a way to be with it that feels rested. And it's almost like all the beautiful Abraham Hicks teachings. I really appreciate how it, how they often speak to you let go of it. You don't attach, you don't get too fixed on, on specifics either. You acknowledge a desire. But then you let life play it out. And it's mm-hmm. the enjoyment of the process, the enjoyment of getting there, because the fulfillment is being ourselves. Our fulfillment is our connection with the divine and a process that's actually carrying us. It's not something that we're doing and it doesn't qualify our, our own wholeness. So there's a teaching in the Course in Miracles which says, forgiveness gives me everything that I want. Forgiveness offers everything I want. And I'm really, really thinking about that these days because when I tune into what's keeping me from peace right now and from everything happening according to divine will, which is obviously the best for all the things that I'm holding on to, mm-hmm. like the, the, the grievances, the assertions, the regrets, the perceptions of conflict and will the I need things to go this way. All of those elements that we hold on to are the only things that keeps us from this grace that is natural to life. 
And I see these people in life that exemplify this moment to moment graceful living. The teaching is we don't have to do something to experience that. We don't have to achieve something in this world on any level. It's not about the right, you know, we get so stuck, especially with Saturn, a big teaching for us. Don't look at the form and be like, oh, I want my life to look like those people this much money or this kind of relationship or this many cars or this much of a following like do not allow ourselves to get stuck in that these are all superficial values there's a resonance that's offered to us and feeling like oh the quality of contentment and joy and fulfillment that i'm perceiving that's what i want yeah. and the only way to get there is by honestly looking at the very places where we tighten up and not keeping it secret, not keeping it secret, not holding it back, not compartmentalizing it, putting it there and then saying, yes, but I want to be happy. Like, okay, let's look at where we've accepted these very unhappy thoughts as real and we're unwilling to question it. And it's hard because we don't have to have the answer to it. That's the whole point. We don't have the answer to it. That's the humility of this. And to actually meet those places, I think that's a big part of this eclipse window, meeting those places where it's like, ooh, such psychological content, it's so uncomfortable. I can see the emotional content that's emerging. I don't have an answer for it other than maybe the ways in which I wanna go into control. So great, can we just let that be? And this is what teaches me over and over again to come back into alignment. Yeah, just like simple, simple things like do good grooming, make sure I'm creating adequate space for meditation and practice. And I'm, you know, working out things that I go in and out of really grounding on a, you know, it's I keep on coming back to those simple things, but not just doing them, right? It's like doing them because we have a devotional understanding for why creating space for return is so important. Whew. Creating space for return. That's an amazing phrase. And it's, it's basically when you say the grounding mm -hmm. that we did before we went live, that is all we're doing is, is we're returning, you know, you, they all, you all know that we do um, a grounding before we go live on the weekly weather. And, and so it's always a return to why are we even doing this? Like, what, what is the point? Like, why do we schedule the time, meet mm -hmm. together, commune with this audience, study astrology? Why are we even doing it? And I think that that, that question in all the different areas of our life, like, why, why am I even showing up here at this job? Why, why am I even... Uh, why am I even taking the time to nourish my children a certain way? Why am I, you know, all of those, it just connects you into that deeper soul level desire. Why did you decide to do it in the first place? Why did you decide to have children in the first place? Why did you decide to get married in the first place? Why did you decide to do any of what you do? And reconnecting to that is so powerful. And it's something that we can do over and over. And it's amazing how quickly we forget. It's like, yeah. then we start going through the motions, you know, it's like, now I'm just on autopilot, you know, in my marriage, in my, with my children, you know, whatever it is. All right. Can I pull us back to a little bit to the eclipse? So you said one of the major themes. So we have this Mars Neptune happening, which is obviously a theme of the whole week. And we've really dug into the energies of that. How and what does it mean to integrate the energies from this eclipse that we just experienced? We can think of this eclipse as bringing us very face-to-face -face with the 
it's one of the most powerful eclipses. I, I mean, it just so much is activated very tightly involving Vesta and Saturn square in the nodal axis, even this Mercury retrograde, which again is like, there are some perspectives and ways of thinking that perhaps we have not yet considered is involved in this particular eclipse. And you're, of course, Uranus is right there on the North node. So there's a whole lot of like, okay, I don't know where this is going. Like that's, that's, it's like, quote, I don't know where, okay, comma, I don't know where this is going, dot, 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 shrug. Like that's what it is. And what do we do with that? There can be a, a, a deep sense of meeting the very places that actually feel quite dysfunctional, that don't feel in alignment, where we haven't developed a sort of mastery. And I think the teaching is, again, the mastery that we're cultivating isn't the mastery of fill in the blank. The mastery of all things is really the mastery of one thing, the mastery of living in the moment, the mastery of how to be in relationship to one another, to ourselves, to the moment, and learning how to follow the directive of our own soul. This eclipse teaches us what I strongly believe and keep on learning. What's meant to be will be. We can try our hardest to prevent it. It will be. Um, what's not meant to be will not be. We can try our hardest to make it so. This is like a, a Ramana Maharshi paraphrasing that I often quote. This is, I, I find to be very so. And with Uranus and Aquarius so involved in this particular time, it says there is a program set already that pertains to our larger collective evolution, our greater quote unquote destiny for thinking of it in terms of time unfolding, but it is. And the events and circumstances that seem to be emerging are just a part of the program, things happening and loosening up and opening up so we can move forward in greater alignment where we're holding on to our attachments, to our possessiveness, to our fear of loss or gain, our cravings and our aversions. These are things that we absolutely need to face. Maybe in some other paradigm, we can have the successful fill in the blank, live a quote unquote happy life while also not looking at these greater diseased places within our own mind, our jadedness, our hurt, our fears, our control, our victimization. These are places that exist inside. We're seeing it in the world. It's inside the collective and the individual. And this is a time where we are strongly encouraged. It's the era that we're in to really face these things as far and as deeply as we want to go. So I think it's just like, okay, now what? Like, where are we going with all of this? At best, I feel this is a time where we can feel humility and feel that we are actually uh, disciplining ourselves, Saturn. We are a disciple to alignment. We are a disciple to learning a new way of health and clarity by way of meeting all of the dark places and realizing there's no way forward without composting that, without meeting it working through the content and again all deeper psychological scorpionic content that we haven't met means we don't know it's there we see the effects of it if we follow the breadcrumbs of our emotions and it's but it's there and we have to meet it we have to engage it and if we can really understand that there's no way out but through we'll minimize the amount of drama and conflict and and stress that's unnecessary along this journey we just have to continue to see it through at best, we're honoring and recognizing that we are disciples. And that's like the best situation because we learn that we can just trust in the learning. We don't have to be accomplished yet. We don't have to be there yet. And we can learn how to build the next brick, the next foundation, right? Really, really, really well. 
and it might feel like we're letting go of some other goals or aspirations. But the question we have to ask ourselves is like, did we really want those things? Like all these ideas that we've had, like, is that what we really want? Or is there another way? How much of this is our conditioning speaking? That's where I feel we are now. And seeing this Mars Neptune in relation to this, if a thought came to mind, you know, we can be one of those people that goes to the gym every day, uh, has a really strong workout routine. Is, and when you're speaking about, we have to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. That thought, I'm going to go, you know, I see this all the time, you know, build your coaching practice and charge more and get a big following and make this much money in the next, like, that's, by the way, there's a lot of power and potency and beauty in that. And I would even say people like myself might benefit from like learning such things because there's there's power in, in how it brings up our own sense of undeserving and all that kind of stuff, which is a big lesson for me. But I could also say, what if we're just in that mind zone of whatever it is, you know, I'm going to lift weight and then it's like, I'm going to make, then it's like, we come to the point and it's like, wait, why am I doing this? <laughs> hey, and it's like, so the, 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 we have to be willing to ask ourselves, am I really happy? Is this really working? And so that Mars Neptune is like dissolving our sense of will and ambition and importance and whatever we thought was real and important and realigning back to what is Mars relative to whatever's happening in the chart at any moment in time is sort of, you can think of it as the soldier that's executing orders of greater meaning and purpose. If we're in touch with what's valuable and important, that Mars function will reflect and express by way of the choices that we're making that serves what's useful and important. If we're in relationship to the greater evolutionary content of our lives and we're in resistance or fear, it's always going to reflect in Mars via the choices that we're making, which will thus naturally be a little more reactive. Like we never want to see Mars in a vacuum where it's like, Mars experience and a Pluto experience or a Neptune experience, they're all contextual. Mars, the choices and decisions we're making, how we respond to things are always, always going to point us back to the deeper question, which is, what's my purpose? What's my intention? Which points back down to how we are in relationship to the very reasons for being here. So when we actually have strong Mars transits, it, even though it's Mars, it's an inner planet, it's not super fat, it's not super slow. It points us to the, and so in, with Neptune, with this eclipse energy, Saturn involved, Pluto really involved right now. The choices we're making right now, and the way that we move through them really does point us back to what we actually think is most important about our lives. And let me just say one more thing about this. You know, just as much as it can be like, why am I working out? Why am I trying to make more money? The opposite can be true. If spirits wanting to use us, this is probably what I'm saying for myself, if spirits wanting to use us, as an instrument, we'll have to let go of all the ways we've been hiding and avoiding maybe internalized sense of not good enough or not worthy enough and be willing to enter into areas that maybe be uncomfortable. Because that Neptune Mars can also be a sense of, oh, I don't want to take up space. And then God's like, Mars, Neptune, Pisces, act, like be an agent, use that Mars for spirit. And relative to Saturn and Aquarius, that could be another dimension as well with Saturn so, so active. And by the way, with this eclipse time, Saturn's also about to station retrograde. So there is for the next month or so, a very strong internalization happening where we're inverting, we're going within and we're needing to deeply reflect and reflect, uh, introspect, come back to what are we building? What are we creating and have clear thinking? There's a, a lot of going within right now. And this the energy of the coming months are just going to be so much not what we could have imagined for that reason. You know, so 
it, we can be on this path of being trained as a disciple to become stronger and more capable, to hold more space, to hold a greater ground, build a bigger structure than we ever thought possible. You know, we're used to playing in a smaller playground. So it can be the things falling apart and the disarray and the confusion and this things not working out. It might also be because we've been keeping ourselves small and not willing to step into greater alignment according to God's plan for us. Important to say that as well. Oh my goodness. Okay. I have a question, a follow-up question on the eclipse. By the way, I have like five pages of notes already. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So what you, you said that the eclipse is asking us to meet dysfunction, like potentially meet where we have dysfunction in our lives. I think I might know the answer to this question, but is that is the way to do that to meet it with presence? Like how how are we supposed to meet dysfunction? Like what does that mean? I think the Saturn, yes, presence. And what arises for me is the Saturn issue is we we tend to fall into a state of mind where we expect and allow the existing conditions of our life to define us and to just be solidified. So where we'll have the same structural issues over and over, never enough time or money or space or the different areas of our life are always going to represent the same struggles, the same boundary issues manifesting, recurring over and over and over again. It's easy to just fall into a state of, to allow the misalignments to become their own crystallization and then mm. actually to even paint that as normal because misalignment and, and, and crisis and totally non-functional realities are normalized and society is cool with that, right? Like dysfunction is okay. It's normal. And here's how you cope with it. It's very easy to just not do the work because there's a lot of social acceptance around dysfunction, but dysfunction doesn't feel good. And it's actually depressing and it's stressful and it takes our life force away and we can repress it, but that doesn't feel good either. So there are things to be aware of. So the work here is becoming aware of where things feel. I think there can be an immense, immense amount, not I think, I believe there is, an immense amount of stress relative to the state of dysfunction and where it feels like there's a lot. The analogy would be a young person entering a new school where they are learning some kind of new martial arts or, or new skill and they have and they're just like jump they're just brought in to the environment they don't know how to do any of this stuff and they they just feel sick they feel dysfunctional they're trying they're hurting themselves they're doing the postures the practices their alignment and to feel like it's forget it i'm never gonna be good i'm never gonna be well trained i'm never gonna become masterful in this art in this practice. So I'm just going to learn how to create a, a crystallization around the stress and not try very hard. So this person stays in school for 10 years, goes on, you know, gets a job. Like there's a way of settling where we never really apply the right kind of effort and do the work to learn how to meet the very places that are wanting correction and healing. So yes. yeah, bringing presence and slowness and attentiveness to the very places that feel dysfunctional. And here's what I would say. It's like, there are YouTube videos, there are elders, there are spiritual teachers and teachings that are old that we can draw upon for every area of our life that really says the same thing, but will help us see that one same thing in, in the specific areas that we're working with. There are people that have come before us that can help us with where we are metaphorically still young and we have a lot to learn. Mm. 
as you're speaking, I'm thinking of the normalization of like overscheduling busy lives mm. that never stop. There's no space. People, we, we're not taking care of ourselves and that's normalized because you're a busy mom or you're a busy business owner or you're a busy whatever and how normalized that becomes and how it's a crystallization sometimes of the thought that prioritizing yourself or your needs or taking care of yourself is selfish, that you're undeserving of, of that time and space, or that you're only valuable if you're productive. And that if you're not producing something, you are not valuable. Like there's all these, these ideas that are normalized in our culture that get crystallized as truth, but really the dysfunction there, there's such a clear misalignment with truth. Like you've been talking about like truth and they create all this kinds of dysfunction and disease physically and metaphorically. And then we just try to treat, we just try to treat it like, oh, I'll have a spa day or, oh, I'll like, you know, like, oh, I'll have a stress ball at my my desk. You know, it's like, what? Like, (laughs) like, can we just acknowledge the fact that like, none of this is natural and, and, and we don't have to subscribe to it, but the thought that we do have to subscribe to it is where the misalignment is or where the dysfunction is. So it just, it just sounds so rich, Ari, like there's so much deep, kind of like deep psychological content that we're going to be given the opportunity to look at. And if we ask these questions really deeply and meet it with awareness and presence, like you're saying, that there's a lot of opportunity to course correct, get into alignment so that we can experience more joy in the process of creating and in the process of being aligned with our soul's purpose and our desire, our deepest desire. And, and have the fulfillment come from actually being on the journey of discovery of that versus mm-hmm. like, I need to get it, you know, I need to get there, right? I love what you're saying about just the, the implied shame or guilt around being in alignment. Like to every assumed dysfunction, we just also build a structure in our mind that says, yeah, these pains or these issues, or these struggles are, you know, just like the example of a person doing some kind of training in a school. Yeah, uh, feeling pain or discomfort in my body when I do these things. That's just, and it's almost like this deeply integrated patriarchal conditioning that says, to move forward in life means accepting some kind of assumed pain and difficulty and I just have to bear it and go with it. And that's just how it is. And there's so much healing when we at least recognize it doesn't have to be that way. Like I used to take this yoga class for many years and I did not have the self-respect to really listen to my own intuition. So I've injured myself and I would persist mm. doing these practices, following the guidance of the t- very, very strong practice. And I really hurt myself over a long period of time doing that work, which which taught me that lesson. It's like, don't focus on the accomplishment on the form, on this idea that this other person sharing, but really like the deeper Saturn work is, am I practicing in a way that is actually sustainable and it's going to bring growth over time, long-term? And like yeah, to actually yeah. meet that means I have to face the guilt. I'm not deserving to listen to myself. So this is a big piece that's up for us right now where we had these assumed states of of challenge of strife of of root chakra struggles it does point to like where do we just have this unchecked assumption that like we don't deserve any better yeah okay there's so much here is there anything else astrologically that you you think is important for us to pay attention to this week great 
let's take a look. So as we move through the week, I think some of the, you know, towards midweek or so when we have the moon in Capricorn, it's going to be squaring the Aries conjunction of Venus. So, you know, Venus and Chiron, they just passed each other. So that's going to be activating. And of course, that Venus Chiron of ruled by Mars, just think of that in context, right? Like bring peace into the conflicted areas. Otherwise, it can feel like there's a lot, strong conflict of wills or not seeing eye to eye. So I think that moon in Capricorn midweek will be speaking to, you know, where can there be constructive, mature, clear, thoughtful choices that that bring clarity. And I think a lot of the confrontation and conflicts come from, again, asserting our will within relationships, Venus. I need you to see it my way or think this way. I need Aries to be right, to come first. I need my view to be the stronger one. So to bring a sense of harmony and acceptance into our lives means we have to be willing, and this is another dimension of all that Aries and that Mars, we have to be willing to be alone in ways we may have otherwise been avoiding. Where we don't want to be alone is where we're going to try to force our will onto life or onto other people that will say, I need things to be this way, because if it's not, I'm going to have to face myself. And that Venus Chiron separating says, what if it is just yourself and everything's harmonizing with it, but you won't know that unless you're comfortable, unless you're willing to be comfortable with the discomfort, comfortable with the tenderness, the vulnerability of walking a path you haven't walked before. What if you can't get things the way you wanted to in the time frame that you wanted it? And that Venus Chiron is a really big opening into tenderness. Um, so that moon squaring that, again, really does speak to bringing softness and tenderness into places that might otherwise feel harsh or stressful or confrontational. Uh, at that same time, you know, Mars will have literally just passed Neptune. It's going to be within a degree. Um, and then the moon will be sextile to that Mars-Neptune the next day. So again, it's like we're learning a more peaceful way that is not conflicted. So I just stress the importance of, yeah, bringing a lot of peace and thoughtfulness into our, into our reactions. Um, another meaningful transit would be just towards the end of the week, we have the Mercury Kazemi. Mercury conjunct the sun uh, on Saturday later in the day here in the in the Pacific Coast. So that's a good one. I feel like that might actually symbolize some new thresholds of clear thinking. Like, okay, here are the specific choices and here's a content that we're working with, the decisions we can start to move towards. Whereas it might feel otherwise, like there's a lot of unknowns that are really excited, right? Like really, like really present to the unknowns and that Mercury, because even then Mercury moving into Taurus, moving towards the North Node, I think there's potential for grounding from getting out of the headiness of way too many options and thoughts, which can be alive right now for sure, and starting to bring some sense of synthesis. All right, what day is that happening? Mercury can That's the 21st. Okay, the 21st. Yeah. What day of the week is that? Uh, Saturday. Saturday, great. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I mean, that's plenty to work with. But if yeah, I mean, on that on that same day, we have the moon in Aquarius. Like very late in that day, for the twenty second of May, for most people on this planet, the moon will be. Actually, no. It's yeah, on the twenty second for pretty much everyone. I think the moon will be with Saturn, just having square. So yeah, from the twenty first to the twenty second, moon squares the nodes and moon joy Saturn. So that's going to simultaneously be re-emphasizing and bringing light 
into the very work that this eclipse has brought forward. Mm. So the end, the end of this week, actually, with that and with the Mercury Kazemi, I think there's a lot more. Okay, here's what we're working with. Here are the thoughts that are actually relevant. All the other stuff was noise. Simplification, sort of a focusing. That's what I see happening more towards the end of this week. Okay, that is that's hopeful. I mean, it, there's it sounds like a lot of content that's going to be up that isn't as like clear, you know, so to have it end the, the weekend where we can get some clarity around these things is really, again, hopeful. Yeah. I mean, and then Mars is like gearing up to enter Aries and join. So it's like, it, there's going to be like, do it and do it quickly. So we may not know what that means right now, but we're gearing ourselves towards that. All right. So I would love to do a little summary of, okay. of what you just said as the highlights. Essentially, this week is mainly about integrating the eclipse and then working with this Mars conjunct Neptune. So the Mars conjunct Neptune is the 17th, 18th. So it's like Tuesday, Wednesday. And some of the things that you're reminding us to, to keep in mind as this energy is happening, there is no there. There is no getting there that it's, we're always, there's always going to be a new threshold, a new goal, a new thing that we are striving towards. And so the real work is to appreciate the actual journey of going there and not expecting to feel any different when we get there. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's paying attention to, to where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. I love this question of what would you have me do, which mm -hmm. is like taking that Mars at will and action, but then surrendering it to spirit, which is something you said later as well, which is very Mars Neptune, right? You said that it's possible to live in guidance in every moment, remembering that it's possible to mm. be, be guided in every moment. We're, we had lots of reminders about the intelligence of divine timing, of surrendering to that, of trusting that of having faith in that divine timing and, and recognizing that there is a, a perspective that we can't see because we're, we're here in these points in time, but there is a perspective we can't see. And so trusting in that you said that, uh, Oh, you said that they might want to look at the podcast that we did about Saturn square, the nodes. Yeah. I am going to say right now that we will put that podcast episode in the show notes for any of you that want to revisit that, it, it's an amazing episode where Ari talks about Saturn Square the Nodes. It's a very relevant energy all year, uh, but there's like peak moments throughout the year and we're in one of those moments right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it would be yeah. a great idea to go revisit that content. You said that we may feel bloody and exhausted from this eclipse portal and all the different emotional content that's been up but that in all moments, they deserve, all moments deserve forgiveness and that we have this opportunity to start over again. Mm -hmm. I saw this one um, reel on Instagram and it was this woman, God, I wish I remembered her name. She's probably in her seventies or eighties, but basically what she was saying over and over was like, it is not too late to begin. It is not too late to begin. Mm. My my thirties were, you know, I did this. My forties, I did this. My fifties, I failed here. I accomplished this. My six, you know, she went was going through the decades of her life, and she just kept saying, "It's it's not. It's never too late to start again." So we're being reminded of that. If the eclipse portal has felt stressful, overwhelming, emotional, you know, all those things. If you've had to let go of things or people or events, that it's it's never too late to start again. You said 
to to be with what we want. And another question you came up, you, you said later was, do we actually want what we want, what we think we want? Do we actually want it? Is it actually aligned? You said to come back to the simple things. So this is an opportunity to come back to those things that really nourish you, nurture you, bring you back into a place where you can even ask these questions. You know, so many times we get so busy and so many things happening that we don't even have the space to ask ourselves these deeper questions and to really question those seeming desires or cravings. Maybe you could ask the question, like, is this a craving or is this a true desire? There's this sense of, I don't know where this is going. I don't know where it's going. And this can feel really uncomfortable, but can I just be okay with not totally knowing where things are going? You invited us to meet the places that are dysfunctional, how uh, to explore how to be in relationship with the moment. And you reminded us that's what is meant to be will be. What is not meant to be won't be. So there is so much surrender in that. It's like, okay, well, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. I don't know when, but it will. And if it's not meant to be, it won't. You said there's this sense of now what? Like, okay, all this stuff came up and all these things have happened. Now what? And you said to meet this with humility. You reminded us to be a disciple to alignment. That is just awesome. I just love that. Like be a disciple, like Mm. be a student of alignment. You don't have to get it right every time. You're absolutely not going to get it right every time. But being a student, a disciple to that process of aligning with that, with yourself, we're going to be meeting dark places. We need to trust in the learning and that we're building the next foundation. So we're actually building a foundation right now. Okay. Choices. We're making points. We're, we're making choices and we're asserting what's important to us with those choices. So being aware of that, let go of hiding, let go of those places where, the, where you hide and go and, and allow yourself to be uncomfortable. If that's what you're being called to do, to, to face those places within you. That's like, Oh no, I can't be that. I can't do that for whatever reason, that self-talk just embracing that. Okay. Well, like if I'm being called in or called up or called to do this certain thing, I need to face that and move forward. And even if I'm afraid, there's still that sense of, of moving forward with the Saturn retrograde that's starting clear thinking. There's a lot of time to go within. Maybe we're being asked to build a bigger structure. Let's see one more thing. Tenderness Venus square Chiron bringing tender tenderness into places. that is. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. Yeah. Moon square Chiron Venus moon square Chiron Venus. Thank you. Tenderness into places that seem harsh, peace and thoughtfulness into our reactions. So bringing peace, and this is later in the week, bringing peace and thoughtfulness into the way that we're reacting and meeting the moment. And that by the end of the week, there's this opportunity to bring bring light into the eclipse highlights. So into the things that came up for us, there's light that will be illuminating these things. And and oh, here's what's important. This opportunity to get like that clear thing of like, oh, here's the sort of that breakthrough moment through all that clutter. Here's what's important mm-hmm. so that we get to look forward to that at all of us as we're going through the content of this week, which sounds like it's just going to be bringing up a lot, which is great. It's great. Ari, thank you so much for helping us navigate this week. You're like the perfect weekly weather guide for this kind of a week. 
I, you're, you're an amazing weekly weather guide for any week, but I love that you were here for this specific um, Mars and Neptune and eclipse mm-hmm. kind of yeah. wrapping up energy. It's really My kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're kind of thing. exactly. And thank you for sharing your unique perspective, your unique lens. I, you know, at astrology hub, it is very much about that, that there is no one way to interpret the astrological energies. And we all get so much from being open to receiving the different ways that the energies come through. And it's not that everyone resonates with every single astrologer the same, but there are always gifts. If we're open to receive those from each, each perspective of, you know, just in general in life, but you know, the, of the different astrologers that come here on the platform. So Thank you for sharing your light with all of us, your perspective with all of us. It's always such a pleasure. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making astrology a part of your life. If you love this show, share it with your friends, leave us a comment, leave us a review. Um, We'd love to hear from you. And thank you for being a part of this community. We're so grateful to be able to share astrology with you and share all of these amazing astrologers and Um, and the guidance that they have to share with all of you as well. So take care, everybody. Enjoy your week, and we will see you same time, same place next week. Thank you. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.